Thanks for tuning in to The Rally on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we debate and discuss the NFL, NHL, English Premier League, pro tennis tours, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. We're back. We're back. We're and back. We and we're better than ever. Guys, welcome to another episode of The Rally. It is episode 30. It is episode 30, guys. It is The Rally, our tennis recap show, Grand Slam version. This time we got a great Grand Slam. We're going to the world of clay. We are inches away from Roland Garros. Madrid and Rome just happened. But we shall go on this trek not by myself. I am with the navigator. It is the, the one, the only. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just giving you nicknames now. It is the one, the only. It is Adelia. Adelia, how are you? I'm fantastic, Ferris. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Clay court season is my favorite time of the year. And so I'm very excited that all of this is uh, happening right now. Yes. Plus the French Open is the, the French Open is like the tennis tour's uh, birthday gift to me because it starts right like the weekend of my birthday or the middle weekend is the weekend of my birthday depending mm -hmm. on the schedule of the year. So I'm very excited for this. Uh... Exactly. Okay. Yeah, but this 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 uh this season is gonna kind of be a little bittersweet. A little bittersweet. It is. It's gonna be a, a little, little bittersweet. bittersweet. Yeah, and we will. We'll, we we'll will... get to that. We'll get to that in a bit, but before we get to that, we're going. We got quick hit news items. It is some stuff in the world of tennis that we shall be talking about in the coming moments. Adelia, take us through the news and notes of the tennis world. Um, Twenty-one-year-old American Amanda Anisimova announced that she'll be taking an indefinite break from tennis, citing burnout and concerns for her mental health. She was a champion at the Junior U.S. Open in 2017, mm -hmm. and she broke through on the WTA Tour at Roland Garros four years ago, where she dethroned reigning champion Simona Halep to reach the semifinals when she was a 17-year-old. You know, uh, she was the youngest woman to get that far at a major since 2006. Mm -hmm. Later that year, just prior to the U.S. Open, however, she suffered the loss of her father and longtime coach, who passed away of a heart attack at age 52. Yeah, Anisimova also reached the quarterfinals of Wimbledon a year ago, upsetting Coco Gauff en route. She twice reached the fourth round of the Australian Open as well and beat defending champion Naomi Osaka in Melbourne in 2022. She's won two WTA singles titles, and she gave no timetable for her return, um, but she posted uh, and thanked fans for their support. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we wish nothing but best to um, Amanda Anisimova, uh, you know, losing a parent. You know, it's, it's, it's rough, you know, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking. Uh, I feel for her. Um, you just got to hug the people you love. You don't know when they're gone, you know, and you know, and people talk about, you know, like she's only like, you know, 22, 23, she's 21, 21, 21. She's 21. 
She's been playing. She she's been playing at the high level of tennis at 17. So she's been she's been in the game for a bit. Like she's not like technically a rookie anymore because she's been in the game for about four years. Uh, and tennis, man, the thing about tennis, it's 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 not like a regular four years. You know, you know what I mean, Adelia? Like you're not yeah. just going through life. Like you're traveling throughout most of the year. You're never in one spot. You're moving around. Tournaments are all over the world. Tournaments are in different time zones. So it's kind of like it's a, a tennis player's like when someone says, oh, yeah, I'm a, I've been a tennis player for like 10 years. You're like, oh, snap. That's like 35 years. If you think about it with the travel, the time zone shifts, the uh, the, the amount of running, your body adjusting to hard clay and grass and, and then the other hard for, you know, Australia and, you know, America, they're different hard courts. So like your body is fluctuating. You're traveling all the time, you know. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's just a different, you know, like some people like, oh, you're like a different, you know, she's not your regular old 21 year old, you know, who, who's in no. college, who probably graduated this weekend. It's, you know, it's graduation season in the U S you know, most 21 year old, 22 year olds, they're graduating college. Probably if everything went right, you know, four years and you're out of there, uh, but she is not your regular 21 year old, you know, and you know, burnout and mental fatigue has always been a thing in sports. It's just that no one talked about it because it's always like, it's you just got to get past it. You know, you got to get past your demons to get to victory. Sometimes you can't because you need a break. You need a break. And we hope she gets a break and she comes back stronger. Yeah, Amanda Anisimova is one of my favorite of the young American players to watch. Um, I hope she, you know, finds some peace and... Um, Get you know gets herself into a place where she feels comfortable either moving on with her life and doing something completely different or coming back to the world of of tennis because um, I will miss her she's she's got a fantastic game mm -hmm. really powerful player so she's uh, it, this is uh, sad but I'm uh, happy for her that she knows that she's got to take this step to to get herself yeah. right absolutely. Um, Garbinia Muguruza checked in from her tennis sabbatical uh, to share some happy news. She is now engaged to her longtime boyfriend, Arthur Borges. So congratulations, Garbinia. You know and what, Garbinia? Arthur you know what, Garbinia? You know what? You, you get an applause. All right. Continue. Naomi Osaka cleared the air for those doubting her tennis career. She prepares to welcome her first child with her boyfriend uh, and rapper Corday. Uh, okay. The four-time Grand Slam champion announced in January she'd missed the remainder of the 2023 season because of her pregnancy, with the expectation to return for the 2024 Australian Open. Uh, she tweeted her thoughts about the latest criticism from those who have taken interest in her tennis career since revealing she was pregnant, saying, By the way, to the people that are suddenly concerned about my career, there are plenty of male athletes with kids that are significantly less accomplished. You might want to worry about them instead. Thanks for the concern. Might want to redirect it to someone that needs it, though. Not trying to make this a male and fam female thing, but let's be for real. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is. Don't be coming at the king or queen. We best not miss. She's right, Delia. She's, She's very right. right. Yeah. And you know what? And some of these, and some of these male tennis players need to spend time with their kids. Losers. You know, using tennis as an excuse not to be around your kids. Gosh, you know, she's right. 
She yeah. she's very right. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a problem that we've seen in, in with all female athletes, not just tennis players. Um, that if they choose to have a child in the middle of their career, mm-hmm. like some people think that it's like the worst thing in the world. And I don't understand that at all. Like nobody bats an eyelash if a, a male athlete has a child with their, their wife or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So um, like grow up, she'll be back. She'll mm-hmm. kill it when she comes back. And mm-hmm. I, I think that this is actually kind of the thing that Naomi needed because Naomi was not in a good place on the tennis court. I think she sort of needed a break. She's going to do something that's going to make her happy in becoming a mom. And she's going to come back and she's going to be an entirely different player now in terms of mentality because tennis isn't the most important thing anymore. Like she's going to have a child. And so um, I think that'll help free her on the tennis court and she'll play really well. Yeah, man. And you know, you know what? The strongest people on planet Earth are moms. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, you know if I, you know, I have, a, I'll have a team of athlete moms on my team any day. You know what I mean? Because they, 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 they super women. They, they got to do everything, man. They got to be a a highly trained athlete, and then they got to get their kids ready. You know, you know, they, they're, they're like a one, one woman wrecking crew. I, you know. If I was, you know, if I was running like a uh, like a WNBA team or a tennis squad, and they had to choose women, shout out to the moms. Moms, yeah. moms is tough. Shout out to my mom. Shout out to you, mom. <laughs> and if anybody's out there thinking, oh, Serena didn't win a slam again after she became a mom, and so it's not possible, uh, go check out Kim Kleisters, who won like three after she became a mom. So she also, shut up. also also Serena Williams won one when she was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> I mean she yeah. So, speaking of Serena Williams, a new ESPN documentary series about Serena is promising to be the most complete, intimate, and compelling account of her legendary tennis career. Uh, Serena was on hand in New York on Tuesday to unveil the new series titled Serena Williams in the Arena at the Disney Upfronts. A premiere date for the series has yet to be announced. Oh, God. I love when they lie like that. It's hilarious. (laughs) I love it when they lie. They lie. A complete, intimate, compelling account of my legendary career. You're not going to tell the truth. None of you are. I mean, no one's yeah, going to tell the truth. True. Like, it's no like, one's it's ever like, going to tell the truth. Like, yeah. So, like, so, like, just say, guys, you're about to watch a, a documentary that all my highlights. It's all my highlights, and then the occasional low light that I can connect to you on the on the on a grand scale. But you're never going to share. Like, you know what, guys? From 2004 to 2006, I was a shit person. Like, no one's going to say that. Like no yeah. one's gonna admit they they were a bad person in their entire life. Like we're never gonna get like these sports documentaries, these biopics. No one's telling the truth. Not nobody's telling the truth because no one's gonna because no one wants to tell the truth. And I'm not I'm not hating them on it. I just like laugh every time they bring it up. Like because like you know I'm a history junkie. You know I love history. I love biopics. I want the full truth. But I know when people are still alive, they're not gonna tell the truth. They're not at all. That's why people don't like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why people prefer Rocket Man because apparently Elton John told them to tell the truth, apparently, or something like that. But I, I, I don't believe that either. But like, you know, like, you know, straight out of Compton, it's a great movie. How truthful was it? It is, you know what I mean? Like documentaries, Tom Brady's Man in the Man in the Arena. 
he had a man in the arena. That's why Serena's getting a Serena Williams in the arena. They're not going to say woman in the arena, but it's just in the arena. It's, it's like, it's like kind of like a, it's like, let's go down memory lane. It's like Derek Jeter's documentary, the captain. I learned some new things, but it was just, it was just like a, Hey guys, you remember when the Yankees were great here, 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 get it. Yeah. Get that. It is what it is. Yeah. Still, I'm interested to watch this. I'm still gonna watch this it. is not the first this is not the first documentary series about Serena that there's been. There was Being Serena, which sort of documented her um becoming a mother. Like it was that period of time when she was pregnant with Olympia mm-hmm. and when her and Alexis got married. So that was interesting. Um She's we'll see how again. this goes. She is pregnant again. Congratulations mm-hmm. to Serena. She revealed that at the Met Gala. Um, congratulations to Serena, Alexis, and Olympia. Wait. Being Serena, that's the one where she said that she almost died during childbirth, right? Yeah, that's the one where you get to oh, s- yeah. just like see her in the hospital when she's having the like pulmonary embolism. Yeah, oh, had her, had oh man, that was that, so that was. I remember watching that, Adelia. I, I remember watching that, and like all my homies were like, "Hey, man, if her if her name like just she almost died, like Serena Williams almost was almost she was like she almost was gone from the world." Like literally, she was that close. Apparently, in the documentary, and I think someone said this. I think powerfully, if her name was Serena Jackson, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have survived. She would be dead. I mean, it's possible, yeah. Yeah, because of you know, you know, medical discrimination towards black women during childbirth happens all the time. Black women, healthy, uh, healthy women, pass away like mm-hmm. like that. Now imagine if Serena, like, in, but Serena Williams, man, she, her her almost passing away. That that was that, that shook me. That shook me a little because I'm like, this is Serena Williams. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's crazy. Let's pray for a uh, safe yeah. and uncomplicated uh, birth yeah. for Serena this time because mm-hmm. I'd hate to have her have to go through that again. Just from Absolutely, a man. human perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, Novak Djokovic will officially make his return to the U.S. Open this year after missing last year's tournament as the United States has ended its COVID vaccination requirement for international travelers. He's infamously not vaccinated against COVID-19 and was prevented in playing from several tournaments in the 2022 season, including when he was deported from Australia due to his vaccination status. He also missed all the American tournaments last season, including Indian Wells, Miami, uh, Cincinnati, and the U.S. Open. He tried to return for this year's Indian Wells in Miami Open when he applied for a vaccine exemption, but his request was denied. But now that restriction has been lifted, so Novak will be part of the uh, summer hard court swing here in the U.S. Yay, or something. Here's the thing. So are they still checking vaccination statuses? Are they still checking it? Even though they've lifted the, the ban? Um, I don't, they're, they're not. I don't believe because you, you don't have to have prove to. that you've been vaccinated to get into the country anymore. I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. I think he is vaccinated. He just doesn't tell nobody. No, he's definitely not. You sure? Like a hundred percent? Yes. Yes. If he was vaccinated, Ferris, he would not have missed all these tournaments. I'm saying now. No, now. I, I, he's not. He, no, there's wow. no way he's vaccinated now. Okay. I thought he was like, you know, like, media playing it like like he's like he keeps you know 
playing in the media, nothing. He he waited for them to like lift all the exemptions, so now he can still play in the media, but can secretly be you know vaccinated. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a serious conspiracy theory, first, but I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not correct. Tin foil hat, right here. Tin foil hat. <laughs> You're definitely real. wearing a tin foil hat yeah. with that one. All right. Uh, coming up after the uh, French Open concludes the clay court season is uh, Wimbledon and Russian and Belarusian players will be able to compete at Wimbledon as neutral athletes this year after the All England Club reversed its ban from last year. Uh, the players must sign declarations of neutrality and comply with, quote, appropriate conditions, including not expressing support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They cannot receive funding from the Russian or Belarusian states, including sponsorship from companies operated or controlled by the states. The same conditions will apply for the Lawn Tennis Association tournaments used by players as grass court warm-ups um, for Wimbledon. So that's like Birmingham, Eastbourne, Queens. Um, can't play there if you don't agree to these conditions. Uh, Wimbledon starts on July 3rd. Um, I initially said the like the original band was stupid you it know was stupid. but the, the, the band was dumb um this is a great step forward but you know because like the, the the players are in a tough position right you know they you know yeah. you know they're not 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 everyone is andre rublev okay where he can say no war and you know it was kind of like a politically neutral statement it was kind of like a very soft statement but you know he you know they have to like tread you have to tread lightly the Russian and Belarusian players, they have to tread lightly. You know, they, they can't just like, you know, they got to like navigate it. And I feel sorry for them. I generally feel sorry for them. And then them getting banned from Wimbledon made no sense. It made no sense because like you can't punish them for something the state did. Like, you, like you're going to keep, you're going to punish me every time America does something bad. You're going to punish me and Adelia? Like, yeah. Like, it's a big country. Not everybody agrees. You know, like, you know, I feel sorry for them. Like, I generally feel sorry for them, you know. So this this is a, a great reversal. You know, it's a great reversal. But I, as much as I like sympathize with the Russian and Belarusian players for having to go through this ban at Wimbledon last year, like I totally understand that Ukrainian players on tour, some of them oh, are still I, I like, too. why the hell are they allowed to play? No, no, I understand all. too. I understand. Like I, yeah, like not just even like um, allowed to play with no flag. Why are they allowed to play at all? Period. Yeah. Why are they allowed to to compete? So um, it's it's still just such a, a difficult situation, and I uh, I hope that it gets resolved um, soon. Russia gets the hell out of Ukraine, and uh, we can get back to just concentrating on tennis and not so much war. Mm -hmm. But exactly. uh, I understand. I understand both the, points. Good, yeah, good to see that the players will be allowed to play at Wimbledon this year. Mm -hmm. Yep. The WTA is set to announce a return to China, ending its 16-month suspension following the sexual assault allegations made by one of its players against a high-ranking Chinese Communist Party member, according to a, sports, a WTA statement provided to Sports Illustrated. Uh, Peng Shui disappeared for two and a half weeks after posting her claims, and though the one-time Chinese standout has made a handful of highly curated public appearances since, her current level of freedom remains in doubt. Um, it started in November of 2021 when uh, Pong, even then an active WTA player, posted on Weibo 
or Weibo, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, the Chinese equivalent of Twitter, a detailed account of being sexually assaulted at the hands of Zhang Gali, a former vice premier of China and a high-ranking member of the CCP. Within half an hour, her post was scrubbed, and Chinese censors blocked users from searching for her by name and eventually even the term tennis. When her whereabouts and safety went unconfirmed, the WTA responded with concern. Chinese officials denied her claims and refused any investigation, so the WTA responded by um, suspending operations there, even though China hosted more events on the women's circuit than any other country. Uh, full sales of tournaments will resume this fall, including the tour's crown jewel, the WTA finals, being held in Shenzhen. The tour has struggled financially since leaving China. The season-ending Shenzhen event previously accounted for the greatest source of the WTA's overall annual revenue, which is more than $20 million in various fees. This sucks. I mean, this absolutely sucks. Um, yes. This is a situation where it's like, okay, money talks, and money means more than the health and safety and welfare of one of your players. And that's very frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel sorry for the young lady. And, you know, yeah. damn, I don't really got much to say about this, man, but just, it's tragic. It's tragic, yeah. yo. Like, it's really bad that, you know, why can't, why can't y'all just leave women alone? You know, like, like what's up with it? Like, like, you know, like, like, they don't want you. Go somewhere else. You don't gotta assault them. I don't get it. Like I don't get it. I believe I believe there's people out there for everybody. Like everyone can get someone they love. If someone doesn't want to be with you, you just or like doesn't want your advances, just like walk away, go somewhere else, hit on another woman. You don't gotta assault them, and then you know, and power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. He thought he was, you know, the head honcho. The, like, I'm the man. I'll do whatever the hell I want. You know, if I want you, I'll... It's just... It's just not... Man, it's just... It's disturbing. It's disgusting. It's just... It's just damn um, shame. I, I will say that for this podcast, I don't know if I can watch any of the tournaments that are happening in China this year. We probably won't. I'm going to be real with you. I probably won't. You know, like... Sorry, I can't. You know, like, the WTA, that, is the, that is that is the only way that I can put up any sort of protest is to just not give them my viewership. Yeah. This was a business. Like decision. I support support the players, and like it remains to be seen as well how many of the players actually go play in China. I'm sure that many of them will, because mm -hmm. you know, again, money talks. Money. Yeah, money talks. But um, I I would not be surprised if some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, Adele. Uh, former world number one Simona Halep has been in the news lately again. Uh, she was charged on Friday with a second additional doping violation by the International Tennis Jeez. Integrity Agency relating to irregularities in her athlete biological passport. Halep has been previously provisionally suspended from tennis since October of last year when it was revealed that she tested positive for the banned substance Roxadustat at the U.S. Open. The additional charge of an adverse passport finding came as a result of an assessment of Ms. Halep's prof ABP profile by an independent ABP expert panel per an ITIA media release. 
The biological passport program collects and compares athletes' biological data like blood samples to spot discrepancies over time that could suggest the change is doping. Halep released her own statement shortly after the news broke where she chided the ITIA for harassment and a motivation to prove me guilty of something I never did, continued to assert her innocence of the charges against her, and called the evolving situation the worst nightmare she has ever gone through in her life. Um, she said, quote, three world-renowned experts have studied my blood test and have been extremely clear that my blood is totally normal. Last month, Halep called the handling of her initial case unfair in an interview with Tennis Majors, the online tennis website in which her coach, Patrick Moritoglu, is a partner, for the record. <laughs> um, at the time, Halep said she was still waiting to go before an independent tribunal for a hearing in regards to her positive test. It was the first time she'd spoken publicly since issuing a statement in the immediate aftermath of the announcement that she tested positive, and she maintained her innocence. Um, she was supposed to have a, that hearing at the end of May. That's apparently been delayed again now. Mm -hmm. um, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, like I will say of all the players on the tour, like I've never suspected, just like suspected somebody is doping. Mm -hmm. But of all the players on the tour, if you told me to suspect someone is doping, Simona Halep would have been like the last one I would have ever thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, like what? She just, five she four, just, five three. She's like, she is. She's very. It's it's got nothing to do with her height. She just yeah. does not seem in character like the type of person that would do this. Yeah. So until and, and, there's like yeah. proven evidence otherwise, I'm more inclined to believe Simona, and I might look like a fool at the end of that. Like I mean, like everybody believed Lance Armstrong for years when he said he wasn't doping and he was doping all the goddamn time. I fucking but, I never believed that dude. But um, more, I'm more inclined to believe Simona here than I am. To yeah, because she she's said actually, someone drugged her. She's she's something. There's some sort of mistake. Uh, I let me find what exactly she said. She's like but someone, you, someone, you someone. Your first. Okay, yeah, she, like I think I heard I watched one. Well, one her giving an interview to a to a, a website owned by her coach. Not a good look. Okay. All right. Not a good look whatsoever. All right. So do another interview with another publication to reduce bias. So there's step one. Um, two, um, I heard there was one report where she was like, I think someone can like contaminated with something or like contaminate me with something. And it was just like, Simona Halib doping? I, that's. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it, but like. She, she thinks what she, what's happened is that she took something that was contaminated with this banned substance, mm -hmm. which happens to athletes a lot, mm -hmm. I will say. But sometimes it's also proven that they just were saying that and mm -hmm. yeah. There's, there's like in the NFL, you know, they, there is this um the, the NFLPA provides them like a a software so they could scan and look up pills if they're on banned substances in the NFL. And sometimes they scan a pill and it says it's good, but then they piss dirty and they're like, wait, I scanned this. I told you. That's why some of them don't really get yeah. suspended. Like some of them, that's why some of them don't get suspended, because sometimes it's an NFLPA issue. Um yeah. Uh, um yeah, I just this so is, this, this rocks a do stat. Is a drug that's on the banned substance list that stimulates the body to produce EPO, which is a hormone that helps with endurance. 
which is why it's banned. So yeah, so uh, you won't you won't see a physical change in her body, just more of like endurance. Yeah. So she could be. She could. She could have. That's why yeah. I said, like, I just in terms of character, I've never in uh, on Earth thought that Simona Halep would be a doper, but it's possible. Um, so when did they accuse her? The, um, October of last year. She tested positive at the U.S. Open last year, and this came public in October of last year. Um, so, this is definitely so years after the, her winning the majors. Yeah, it's after her winning the majors, and when her ranking has been down and stuff too. Um, this is definitely the most high-profile doping controversy we've had in tennis since Maria Sharapova was banned in 2016 for. Uh, 15 months for a positive test on the drug. Uh, what was it? Meldonium. I don't mm. know what Meldonium does, but uh, she got a, uh, a suspension for that. And she came back and she was never the same player. And I think Simone was going to come back from this and she's never going to be the same player. If she comes back at all, because I have a feeling right now she's so pissed off that she might just call it quits. Or she's so pissed off. She comes back and she runs rough shot. I mean, yeah. Possibility, but, but you know, but the possibility, like if they hand down a 15 month suspension for Simona, I think it retroactively would date back to October of last year. Yeah, because still, played. that's yeah, that's that's like a year and three months. So mm -hmm. that would take you through October of this year, that'd take us to the beginning of next year. But this hasn't even been resolved yet, and it's, she's got this second violation that they are charging her with now. I think Simone yeah. is gone for at least a couple of years, and I don't know, man. I don't so know. So what was the second violation? Like, was it another drug, or is it the same drug? She has been charged with um, having uh, irregularities in her athlete biological passport. I've never ever heard of it. adverse passport finding charge. Huh. I've never actually ever heard means. it. I've never actually been, I've actually never heard it described that way. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, honestly, man, yeah, yeah, dude, doping and drugs and that's so complicated. It's insane. Like, I remember in MMA, John Jones tested positive, right? And they, and so the UFC has this guy named Jeff Nowitzki. He ran USADA. He helped run USADA. That was his job. The UFC hired him to be their USADA consultant. And he said, oh, John Jones, he, he failed this drug test, but he didn't fail it because he's a dirty fighter. He said, John Jones still had the drugs in him from months ago because they were cut with cocaine and 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 the, 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 the cut of cocaine was cut with the drug that is illegal. That's not just cocaine. So that steroid seeped into his muscles and stayed there. And the way they described it was, imagine he failed the drug test, but he was like, imagine if you throw a pinch of salt into an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Yeah. Does that make it salt water? So that's no. the that's way. They, so so doping and like it's it's it's. It's gotten more sophisticated. They've it's, added. They've, they've had. They've had to get more sophisticated machinery to catch people, and it's gotten to the point where, like, I'm a tad bit confused now. Yeah, you know, like Lance Armstrong was very straightforward. He was blood doping. 
He was recycling his blood into his body to get more endurance and more hemoglobin and more and more air into his body so he could beat people in tennis in in in, in cycling. Nowadays, you know, you, you got to take the steroids for four months and then stop it for two weeks and give back. It's like now I'm, it's just like what is going on? It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah, it's extraordinarily complicated. I don't understand any of it, but mm -hmm. uh, Simona's Simona's in some trouble right now. She's vehemently yelling her innocence, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's most of the news. Uh, let's move on to talking about Madrid and Rome. Those are the two clay court tournaments we're going to cover uh, mm -hmm. a little bit um, leading up to our Roland Garros preview um, because, there, quite frankly, it's just so many clay court tournaments we can't cover them all. And we haven't been here since the end of Indian Wells. So mm -hmm. there was a lot that we just are going to have to to have missed. Um, in Madrid, we had the winners of Carlos Alcaraz and Arena Sabalenka. Um, Arena Sabalenka beat Iga Sviatek in the final. What a phenomenal match that was. If you have not seen it, I suggest you seek it out. It's on Tennis Channel Plus if mm -hmm. you want to watch it. Um, we had some controversy in Madrid, though, Ferris. Yeah. Um, but, I won't, but before we talk about I want to talk about how like that match was. It was like, it was like, Arena went point, 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 arena, like four straight points. Then it was like Sviatek, point, 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 Sviatek. And then it, it finished off with arena, point, 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 two in the match. It was like, it was like domination, reverse domination, domination. It was, it was back and forth. It was hard hitting. I loved it. It was phenomenal. But there was some controversy. Match. Some controversy. Yeah. Um, both winners of Madrid, Carlos Alcaraz and Ray Sabalenka, were born on May 5th. So uh, that happened during the Madrid Open. Mm -hmm. And to mark the occasion, the tournament presented both players with birthday cakes. Um, Alcaraz got his cake after beating Borna Chorich to reach the final, and Sabalenka received her cake on a day off as she prepared for the final. Alcaraz was presented on court with a huge two-tier cake with sparklers on the tray around it and a tennis ball and a 20 on top because he was turning 20 years old. Mm -hmm. By contrast, Sabalenka got a standard-looking size birthday cake with some sparklers and candles and Happy Birthday Arena written on top. And uh, Bianca Andrescu tweeted out both of these, or quote tweeted a tweet that had pictures of both of these cakes and said, that doesn't look right in, <laughs> in comparison. Uh, Victoria Azarenka commented, couldn't be more accurate on the treatment. The insinuation was that in a sport where there's still, you know, a fight for equality between male and female players, the male player had been favored again um, and gotten the bigger cake. Like this became a whole thing. Um, perhaps it stood out more given that um, uh, we had Barcelona and Stuttgart happening a week earlier. Uh, Barcelona or not a week earlier, but just recently, Barcelona, Alcaraz took home 477,000 euros for winning Barcelona. Igis Fiatek won Stuttgart that same week and won 104,000 euros. Like the difference is staggering. Mm -hmm. uh, Madrid does pay equal prize money to men and women. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Feliciano Lopez, longtime player, longtime Spanish player, still playing, but is not allowed to play Madrid because he's the tournament director there. Uh, he came to the defense of the cake choices. He also pointed out that Holger Runa got a similar cake to Sabalenka's to celebrate his birthday the previous week. And um, 
uh, Feli tweeted out and said, uh, Carlos had just won his match to reach the final. He was playing on center court. The tournament is played in Spain, even though it's an international event, and Alcaraz is Spanish. So um, he was very surprised by the uh, reaction to the cakes. Uh, Sabalenka, after winning the tournament, seemed to make light of the situation, saying, quote, I think it's all because of yesterday's cake. It was too good. And then uh, we had some controversy with the women's doubles final as well. Um, Serena, uh, Victoria Azarenka and Beatrice Haddad Maya beat Jesse Pagula and Coco Goff in the final. And uh, neither team was allowed to address the crowd in the trophy presentation. They were just given their trophies and then, you know, all of that and then taken off the court. Uh, why has not been clear, but the situation was raised by three of the four players on I know why. later. I know why. Come on, it's very obvious. It's very obvious why. Okay, Victoria but I'm just has, saying. Okay, I'm just I know, saying I know, I know. that I it has not been officially stated by mm -hmm. the tournament why this happened. Mm -hmm. um, Coco Goff wrote on Twitter she wasn't wasn't given the chance to speak after the final today, but thank you to the fans for supporting us in women's tennis this week. Thanks to Jesse Pagula for always keeping it fun on the court and hitting unreal clutch shots. Um, Lastly, congratulations, Vika and Bia. Bia is Beatrice Haddad and Maya. Mm -hmm. um, Pagula responded to uh, Goff's message with a mouth-zipped emoji, a thinking emoji, and a woman-shrugging emoji. Azarenka added, quote, hard to explain to Leo, who is her son, that mommy isn't able to say hello to him at the trophy ceremony. The men's doubles final, however, which was won by Andrei Rublev and Karen Hashinov, did have speeches afterwards. And uh, world number 13, Ange Jabur, chimed in and was surprised by the situation. She said, so unfortunate that you were not given any chance to address the crowd and your opponents, quote, tweeting Goff's tweet, and said, this is sad and unacceptable. Um, yeah. Yeah, because because Vika doesn't hold back. That's why. They're like, we can't have her on the mic. Because she'll rip us apart. So... Just well, but if they out. had let them speak, Ferris, there yeah. was nothing to rip them apart about. Oh, the cake incident. You can talk but about the, that. This happened the same day as the cake incident, and I think happened before the cake. The Alcaraz cake was given. Oh, it happened to him. before the cake. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Also, to also to um, the the director of Madrid, that guy. He's, a he's an idiot. Fel Look, I. I love Feliciano as a player. He was one of my favorite. That, that group, Generation of Spaniards, that sort of surrounded Rafa Nadal, was great. Him, Fernando mm -hmm. Vernasco, David Ferrer, especially David Ferrer. I love David Ferrer. Mm -hmm. But um, this was stupid. He's an idiot. This was beyond stupid. You're you're the director, and you you should you should. A great directors have more than one scenario in their mind right now. Like, if we do it this way, how are people going to react? If, people, if we do it that way, how are people going to react? What you should always do is always go with the common good. Just give them the same damn cake. You cannot yeah. then come out and choose like, oh, where he's Spanish. He was on center court. He was this. He was that. I don't care. Yeah. Nobody cares. You are the director, bro. You should know. You should have known this. It's like, we got to give... And we can't show, we can't look like we're, and especially knowing that it's, it's Carlos Acres. He's your, go, your new golden child, Spain's new golden child. That's true. So you need to show the world that like, 
we'll we'll do it. We're gonna treat him good, but we're not gonna treat him, you know, like differently than anybody differently. else. Differently, exactly. We're gonna treat him good, but not differently. It should be like whoever is with Carlos Alcaraz gets just as much good treatment as him because you want to make sure people look like even even if you don't believe it, you got to make it look like you believe it mm-hmm. as a director, you know, because you're still running a business and you're still running an international tournament. This is an international tournament. This isn't some Spanish only tournament. This is an international tournament from people across the world. You have your golden child in the final. That's fine. Give him that big ass cake. Give him that cake. Give it to him. I'm not mad that you give him big old cake, but then give the other finalist whose birthday is at the same time also a big old cake. Yeah. You know, because like, because like, I'm pretty sure they didn't ask Carlos Alcaraz, hey, Carlos, you want a big old cake? Hey, Arena, you want a small cake? They didn't ask them that. They just gave him the cake. They just gave him the cake. So, if you know, just you got to be better at being a director of a tennis tournament, bro. You got to see this. You got to have multiple scenarios on your board. You got to see this, bro. Don't be like Roland Garros. Madrid has done some stupid shit over the years. I mean, like, there was the blue clay year, which is just... Less said about it, the better. Yeah, they played on blue clay one year. That's just stupid. Um, But this is just dumb. This is just beyond dumb. Um, I totally understand why the women were upset. Yeah, like here's the thing too. Like, if you like, don't allow the 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 doubles team, the women's double team to talk. That's fine. Don't allow the men to do it. Yeah, you got like you allowed the men to talk. I'm like, bro, like you're not good at your job. I mean, to to be fair, it's not fine that they didn't allow the women's doubles yeah. team to talk. It wouldn't have been fine mm-hmm. if they didn't allow the men's doubles team to talk. I know. Um, they the part of the trophy presentation is getting to thank your team. Mm-hmm. The luck that you had that week, and screw Madrid, Mutual Madrid Open for not allowing those ladies to do that. No, exactly. I'm with you, Adelia. You. I my my thing is you let them both talk, but yeah. you've already messed up by not letting the women talk, right? So yeah. to reduce a bigger story, which is this is a big story, like I'm, I, I I this is not okay. The way you kind of like reduce it is you don't don't you don't let the men talk either. So you kind of like try to like slither underneath the rug, but you are so stupid and you don't understand the concept of 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 mar- like apparently marketing and and brand management and and world and world appeal like do you not understand how how sexist that is it's sexist it is yeah it's not i'm not saying like oh no, you say everything's sexist like no that was legitimately sexist you tell the women you're not talking get off the court but you tell the dudes who lost and won hey you can have your, your damn speech that's blatant sexism yeah that's blatant sexism why is it that every single one of these clay court operations, you just have sexism rampant into them? I remember the French Roland Garros Open who just wouldn't stop talking about how Serena Williams and it was one, it was sexist and it was it was racist. But like, you know, Roland yeah, that Garros, was that was the uh, the head of the French Tennis Federation. Yeah. That was not necessarily the tournament. Oh, okay, but right. My bad. Um, it happened at Roland Garros. But yeah, so like, yeah, bro, like. Dude, I mean, we had not... the whole controversy at Roland Garros last year with mm-hmm. Amelie Moresmo, the female tournament director of 
uh, the tournament not putting women's matches on Chatrier, which is center court. Like, I don't get it. That's I wild. don't get it. That's wild. Let's um, move let's on to another topic before I before I get more yeah. angry. Let's talk about Rome. Uh, we had uh, Daniil Medvedev winning his first ever clay court tournament in Rome. Finally. Uh, Elena Rubakina won the women's tournament. We'll get to the women's tournament in a second. This tournament was ravaged by rain. There were so mm-hmm. many rain delays. Um, but Daniil Medvedev now has won, uh, I believe it's 20 uh, w, uh, ATP Tour titles, and they've been all in different cities. Look at this lovely graphic from Eurosport. He's won in Sydney, St. Petersburg, Majorca, Rotterdam, Shanghai, Winston-Salem, Toronto, Doha, Tokyo, Paris, New York, Dubai, Sofia, London, Los Cabos, Miami, Cincinnati, Marseille, Vienna, and Rome. He has never repeated a tournament victory. <laughs> He's just won those I like, tournaments. I like how like Winston, like Winston-Salem is like right there. It feels like it doesn't fit, but it fits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the, the tournament like, I want a title in North Carolina. Yeah, that's the week. It was the week before the uh, U.S. Open. He, he went to one title in Winston Salem. I mean, yeah, sure, that's hilarious. Not? It's like, hey guys, I was in Mallorca, but I also want a title in North Carolina. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tennis, Ferris. That's the I know. World of that's what I love about tennis. It's like, oh, where'd you win your title? I was in Rotterdam, homie. I also want a title in North Carolina and Rotterdam. You're like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. One moment, but, uh, he, this is amazing. He's obviously uh, at, he's got twenty different trophies now to add to his most eclectic trophy oh, yes. collection, <laughs> as we discussed in a previous episode. Um, I couldn't stop laughing. I think I, I think I extended the show by like twenty minutes of me just laughing. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, he beat when, Holger Runa in the final in Rome. Uh, Runa uh, beat Djokovic. This was of the course. first final, yeah. men's final in Rome since 2004 that did not involve either Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic or both of them. Hey, Adelia, Holgaruna yeah. be Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Oh. Runa got booed as he walked on the court in yeah. Rome. Like, there are yeah. people that do not like him. But I think Holger I love to great. hate him. I love to hate him in the sense yeah. that, like, I don't really hate him, but I like to boo him. It's fun. He's the man. He's the man. He's a villain. I love it. Like 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 a good like a good comical villain, not like a true villain like Novak Djokovic, where yeah. you like you can't you, you can't you can't love to boom. I just yeah. hope Ogaruna is just not like that. It's like a good a good sports villain. I love me a good sports villain, Adelia. Sports villains. We need sports villains. Sports need villains. Like people don't want to admit that. That like the NBA. Is, is suffering because they don't have a villain. You need sports villains. And I think Hogaruna is going to be a good sports villain. I love it. Yeah. You need a sports villain, T- man. Tennis, you need a sports tennis villain. needs a bad boy. Yeah, and man. Holger fits that bill. And the issue is, you know, the 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 big three or big four, like you had, you had certain sections of people, but they were never considered a villain. They were always considered a hero in the sense, right? Like the Roger Federer people, that's our hero. They didn't really hate Rafa Nadal. They just loved Roger. Oh, they hated Rafa. Okay, you're right. That's a good point. But like (laughs) Rafa wasn't the villain. You know what I mean? Like like the the, the tennis villain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? Rafa wasn't the bad boy of tennis, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the mini substance, the fans hated each other. Same thing with Djokovic. Like 
we personally, let's be real, we don't really like Novak Djokovic. We, we don't right? like Djokovic. Yeah, but uh, he has a lot of fans. He has a lot of fans. Rafa's fans probably don't like him too. Same thing with Rogers fans probably don't like him too. Right, but he was never considered a, a bad boy. You know what I mean? Like the bad boy, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he, he's he really like, done. He, he's like, I mean, he got defaulted from the U.S. Open that one time for hitting a ball and mm-hmm. he's hitting it straight into the lineswoman's throat. Um, but that's not like a. Did you not know that, Ferris? No, I did not know this. What? Yeah, he, he, he lost. He lost a point and uh, lost a game, and he flipped the ball towards the back of the court, and it went straight into a lineswoman's throat, and they had no choice but to default him from the tournament. Well, absolutely. Yeah. My God. That was, I believe, the. Is that 2020 U.S. Open? So before there was a vaccine for there to be a mandate about? I think so. No. Um, is before when that COVID. happened. No, it wasn't before COVID. COVID was no. earlier yeah. 2020. Oh, yeah, you're right. This was 2020 in front of no fans, I believe, was the year that Djokovic got defaulted. Yes, because the year before he played in the final of the U.S. Open against Medvedev. And you so. lost. And he lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So like you know, and like same thing with Andy Murray. Andy Murray, like no one hates Andy Murray. You know, like no one hates him. Like if you honestly, if you I tell don't know me why you, you'd hate Andy Murray. Exactly. If you're like, I don't really like Andy Murray, I'd be like, you know what? I think you're a criminal. You know what I mean? I don't really like, <laughs> you know, like you know, it's kind of weird to hate Andy Murray. Like, like what has he ever done? Like, you know what I mean? It's weird. Same thing, like, same thing with like Stan the Man. Like, if you're like, I don't really like Stan the Man, like, yeah, you know what? That's kind of weird. You know what I mean? You know, he doesn't really do nothing. He's really well, you know, there's a reason to hate him. Uh, there's a good reason. Uh, but like you know, I don't, you know, it's a personal reason. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, like, but that's, it's not like, a tennis like, reason to hate. Not a tennis reason. So like, like, same thing with like Novak Djokovic. Like, these aren't tennis reasons we don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, like I need, we need, we need, you need a villain, man. You need a villain. Okay. You need a villain. Also in Rome, uh, the women's tournament, Elena Rybakina beat Annalena Kalinina in the final. Uh, Kalinina had to retire in that match. Uh, the women's final started at 11 p.m. or something like that on nice. Saturday night because okay. of the rain and the men's semifinals going long and the tournament directors not going, okay, let's just play both finals on Sunday. They made the women start their match at almost midnight. That's unacceptable. The women were treated horribly between Madrid and Rome, and I hate it. Um on her way to the title, uh, Rubakina beat Iga Sviatek when Sviatek had to retire during the quarterfinal against them with a right thigh injury. Um, during the second set tiebreaker, uh, she grasped her right knee after shifting directions a few times behind the baseline. Mm-hmm. Close to tears, she took a medical timeout after the set and then left the court. When she returned, her upper right thigh was bandaged. Uh, she only played four more games after that before she retired. Uh, she has said uh, that it shouldn't be anything serious. Um, she's obviously won the French Open two times in 2020 and 2022. Um, she was on a 14 match winning streak in Rome before she uh, had to retire from that match from her box. Mm-hmm. So, Iga, uh, something to look out for in Roland Garros is that injury. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Let's... it's kind of uh, now it's kind of uh, now it's kind of open. If you think about it, it's a little, it's a little mean, open. Little, little more open, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more. I open. think it. I think really. I honestly think you're only really looking at three real contenders on the women's side to mm-hmm. win in Roland Garros, and that's Iga, that's Arena, and that's Elena. Yeah. They have been the three standout players of this year. They have become like a little mini women's big three this year. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so we'll talk about all that in a minute. All right. Can uh, I talk about this, Adelia? Yeah. Talk about this. Guys, the bittersweet moment of the season. Rafa Nadal withdraws from Roland Garros. Indicates that 2024 will be his last season. Rafa Nadal's most challenging and consistent rival throughout this illustrious career, health. It's not Roger. It's not Novak. It's not his uncle. That, that one, the last one was a joke. That was the last, that last one was a joke. Uh, his health. It will end his reign as French Open champion, the 14-time Roland Garros conqueror, and the 22 Grand Slam singles champion announced on Thursday that he's unable to defend his title in Paris due to a lingering hip injury suffered at his last tournament, the Australian Open. And I quote, you can imagine how difficult it is for me, said the soon-to-be 37-year-old from the Rafa Nadal Academy in his hometown of Mallorca in Spanish. It's a decision my body made. Um, the Spaniard also indicates that 2024 season will, in all likelihood, serve as his tour farewell. My ambition, he says, and I quote, is to stop. My ambition is to stop to give myself an opportunity to enjoy next year. Said Rafa, said Nadal in English, next year is going, is probably going to be my last on the professional tour. Rafa's ranking will fall out of the top 100. Um, there's a famous stat where it's like the last time Rafa wasn't in the top 10, these things were popular or something like that. Or yeah, something. it was like 19 years ago. Yeah, it was like 19 years ago. Um, this will be the first Roland Garros since 1998, 25 years without either Nadal or Fed in the draw. 25 years. 25 years. Yeah, this will crazy. mark the 12th time Nadal was, has been absent from a Grand Slam ever, a Grand Slam event since he debuted on the major stage as 17-year-old 17, 17 at the 0-3 Wimbledon. The 12th time he will miss a Grand Slam in his 30-20-year like 20 year career. 20. With his ma- with his many, uh, it's a twenty year career, yeah. yeah. With as many um, injuries as Rafa has had, I'm surprised he's only missed twelve Grand Slams. I know, right? Because like there are moments where I'm like, "Do you even have a knee?" Like, yeah. Like, what happened to your knee? Like, I feel like you have no knee. Like, what's going on here? Like, how are you there's still the, running around? There's the knee injury. There's the mm-hmm. foot injury that's been oh. a big problem. Now he's got the hip injury. Yeah. Um, I am glad that he's sort of set an end date it's mm-hmm. not a maybe he'll play till he's 40 kind of thing like fed he's like no um there, i saw a quote i don't know if it was in uh spanish or english where he said his body's raised the white flag mm-hmm. we also have some other oh my bad yeah now i'm with you dude. the body the body retires you you don't retire the body retires yeah. you we have some other roland garros withdrawals um andy murray has also withdrawn from roland garros 36 year old is Lost in the 2016 final to Novak Djokovic and reached four other semifinals at Roland Garros. A report from the BBC said Murray is skipping the French Open to prioritize Wimbledon, where he's won twice. You know, understandable. I understand. I understand. Yeah. As well as something of a scary situation for Nick Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios won't be suiting him for the French Open later this month after sustaining an injury during a robbery at his home at the start of May. Kyrgios' agent, uh, Daniel um, Horsfall, Horse, Horsefall announced that his client would not be partaking in the French Open as a result of an injury he suffered during the incident. The incident during the incident in Cam, um, Cambria, Canberra, Canberra, Australia, on May first. Kyrgios's mom 
was allegedly held at gunpoint by a home invader who proceeded to steal the Tesla of the Australian tennis player, police say. Horsefall indicated that the injury was his left foot, but the cause of the ailment is not precisely known. Explained they suspect it occurred during the high, the high adrenaline rush of everything during the robbery at his home. So, you know, Nick Karios, allegedly the bad boy tennis. Um, you know, that's a scary situation, man. That is scary. That's very yeah. scary. It, it, I'm glad. To, I was glad to hear though that it's not the knee still that made him miss yeah. um, Australia. That's apparently good to go. So he, I'm hoping he's back for the grass court season. But yeah. uh, all the but best, to Nick, and all the best to his mom, mom too. Like his mom. he held a gunpoint. Yeah. Like that's gonna be scary. It's horrifying. It seems horrifying. You know, I've known a couple of people being held at gunpoint. It changes you a little bit. It changes you yeah. a little bit because you start thinking about like, is it, you know, it's I'm, I feel for them. I feel for them. But other, also more withdrawals, uh, Matteo Berrettini, um, he's out with injury. Um, don't know the specific injury, but he's out with an injury. Uh, Emma Raducanu, hand and ankle surgery. Um, she's been dealing with that throughout the entire American hardcore season, I think. You know, I think it showed up during Indian Wells, a little bit in Miami, um, and yeah. I think a little bit in Australia as well, I think. Yeah, she's she's been dealing with those for a while. She's going to miss Wimbledon, too. Yeah, as well as Wimbledon. Um the British, uh, British looking for a new star. She's one of them. Uh, I guess they'll have to rely on Cam Nori and Andy Murray this time around, as well as Isla Tamjanovic. Uh, she had knee surgery. Uh, one of the stars of Breakpoint, Netflix. Shout out to Breakpoint. Um, we had a trailer a couple of days ago. Uh, she she's missing uh, um, a good amount with knee surgery, as well as Paula Badosa, a stress fracture in her spine, which yeah. is which is pretty pretty scary. pretty scary situation. We'll also miss Roland Garros. Um, yeah. But as we continue. Um, Wait, before we do that, Ferris, how about we hear from Justin on some ways uh, that you can help the channel? That's true. Justin, hit us. Hey, guys, it's Justin, a.k.a. Hambone. Just here to let you know a couple of things that we have going on with the channel. One, we have a Patreon. If you can and want to support us, you can do that. Little as a dollar, you can join the Discord. We also have a merch store where you can get some cool shirts, mugs, and stuff with all of our different shows and labels on there. And thank you for all of our supporters that have already been there with us. All right. we Like we said earlier, um, we talked about you know how Igus Fiatek has won uh Roland Garros in 20 and 2022 and it's kind of a, a smaller field of three but Roland Garros doesn't usually do a small field like that because 15 different women have won Roland Garros the past 20 years there's only been yep. five same champions uh probably 20 2022 uh was one of them um over the years Adelia who are the the 15 women Who've won Roland Garros past few Hang on. I forgot to label these. So let me see if this is the men's or the women's. That's the men's. That's the, women. That's the men's. Here's the, women. they are. That's the uh, women. 2003, uh, I was Justine Ennen. 2004, mm. Anastasia Mesquina. Then Justine Ennen won it three years in a row again. Um, Anna Ivanovich won in 2008, I believe that was. Yes. Uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova, Francesca Schiavoni. Lee Na became the first ever Chinese woman to win a major at Roland Garros. That was an nice. exciting one. Uh, Maria Sharapova finally broke through and won uh, Roland Garros after years of saying that playing on clay made her feel like a cow on ice. 
uh serena obviously won uh roland garros i believe that was the second or third time that she won when she second. won that one it's probably the second uh garbina muguruza won roland garros as well uh yelena ostapenko uh simona halep ash barty her first major was of course roland garros mm-hmm. uh iga Sriatek and barbara krachikova mm-hmm. are the most are so, the yeah. two most recent winners in the last we got three uh, years. we got so justina hannon um, won it, and then she won it. She's one of the two. She's one of three repeat winners in the past 15 years. It's her, Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova, and Igas Fiatek. But on the men's side, it's not as it's not as diverse of victory because <laughs> it's been one man's tournament and one's man tournament only. Yeah. Uh, men's side's a little different. <laughs> yeah, the men's side's a little different. So the six men who've won it that are not named Rafa Nadal the past 20 years. Are Juan Carlos Ferrero, uh, Gustan Guard, Gaston Gadio, G- Gaston Gadio, uh, Roger Federer, Stan Wawrinka, and Novak Djokovic. Those are the Novak five. Novak being the only one in that span that won it more than once. Exactly. So um, those are the five, including Rafa. Like that includes six. So Rafa is the sixth technically, but he has only five other men in the past twenty years have won Roland Garros. Unlike on the women's side, 15 different women have won Roland Garros. A couple of repeat winners, um, you know, Serena, Maria, Iga, and Justine Hennon. But it's kind of an open field on the women's side. And sometimes you may not know who's going to win it. Because, like, did anyone expect Lena yeah. to win it that year? No. Exactly. Did anyone expect Yelena Ostapenko to win it that year? No, definitely no. Did anyone expect Barbara Kuchikova to split Iga's Fiat Tech? Barbara Kuchikova had been known pretty much only as a doubles player until that moment. Exactly. So the women provide more variety and diversity, but on the men's side, it's been a one-man wrecking crew in Roland Garros. What's called it's really it's Roland Garros, Rafa Nadal. So I'm gonna start calling you yeah, that. To be honest. Fir- this this is the first time Rafa's missing Roland Garros in 19 years. Yeah, he don't miss clay courses. So, yeah, the goat, the goat. But now let's get into the Roland Garros draw, Adelia. Who are some notable first round matchups? Do you have you highlighted? Um, I didn't find a whole ton of first round matchups in the men's draw that I really was very mm-hmm. intrigued by. Mm-hmm. But one that I was is Felix Ogiealiasim versus Fabio Fognini. Uh, Fabio Fognini's a veteran; he knows how to play mm-hmm. on clay. And Felix just withdrew from Lyon this week with a shoulder injury, I believe is what it was. Mm-hmm. So that's one to watch out for. If Felix is healthy, he should beat Fabio, but that could be a tremendous match. And then uh, Sebastian Cord is back. Yeah. Great to see. Uh, he's taking on a fellow American, Mackenzie McDonald, and I'm just really looking forward to seeing Seb back, so I highlighted that match as well. The the wrist injury in Australia, right? The wrist injury in Australia, yeah. 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 Also, too, Felix Ojeda, if he doesn't win the straight sets, I'm going to have an issue. Well, he does have the shoulder injury, so. Well, well, or do some we know, sort of injury. Yeah, do we know the extent, though? What's the extent? Well, he withdrew this week. That's all I know. Yeah, but sometimes withdrawals or withdrawal, like yeah, I'll just right. Sometimes it's a it's a you know just precaution. So mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah. how bad it is, but he did yeah. withdraw with injury this week. Yep. But on um, the women's side, on the women's side, we have some we have three really great matches to highlight um, in the first round. Uh, let's start with this one: Magdalenette taking on Layla Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Magdalenette uh, made the semifinals in Australia, I believe. I think so. Uh, and. Uh, Layla, of course, made the U.S. Open final a couple of years ago. Uh, that should be a really good match. 
Victoria Azarenka is taking on Bianca Andrescu. Ferris, how do you feel about that one? Um, Bianca had that that ankle. bad incident. Yeah, the bad incident in Miami, the ankle where she stepped and fell. And it was bad. She had to be wheelchaired off the court. She couldn't go off the court on her own recognizance. So I believe she had did she she had surgery, I think. I don't know if she had surgery. Was I don't it, know if it was bad enough that it required surgery. Because if she had surgery, I wouldn't imagine she's playing right now. So I think it was an extremely high ankle sprain then. Like really, yeah. really like high. I don't know exactly what the injury was, but Bianca has been back playing for a few weeks now. And mm -hmm. she's got a really tough task against Victoria. And then we also have a tough matchup in the first round for Jessica Pagula, who is taking on Danielle Collins, the former mm -hmm. Australian Open finalist top 10 player, um, former top 10 player, uh, All-American clash there. That should be a good one. So so Bianca tore two ligaments in her left ankle. Yeah, I'm really surprised she's playing. Yeah. So they couldn't she, have been completely torn. They must have been yeah. partially torn. It was probably partials because, you know, tearing some, tearing some ligaments in the ankle and you playing and a month later, that's, that's some superwoman stuff right there. Yeah. But it is what it is. So I, but I wish her. It's going. That's going to be a great match. Because Vega, be man, match. yeah, Vega, Vega don't, Vega don't give up. You got to, you got to take Vika out to stop Vika. You got to take her. You got to like sports murder her. Technically, you know what I mean? Like she, you, you don't, you don't. She doesn't give. You know, she doesn't give you a victory. You got to take it from her. You got to take it from her. And you know, I don't think Bianca. We'll see if how healthy Bianca is. She can take it from Vika. We'll see. But I think. Maybe Vika wins that match. All right. Okay. Uh, projected quarterfinals for Roland Garros. If the seeds hold up, we're looking at quarterfinals of Alcaraz versus Sitsipas. That should Ooh. be a good one. Djokovic versus Rublev. The oh. winners of those two matches will play each other. Uh, Runa versus Rude. I, I will just say I don't anticipate Casper Rude's uh, seeding holding up. I don't think he makes it to the quarterfinals. Oh, wow. You don't think he bounces uh, back? I just I just don't think he's been playing well enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And then a Sinner versus Medvedev would be the other projected quarterfinal on the men's side. Yo, seven deadly. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Sorry. And then uh, on the women's side, uh, we've got projected quarterfinals of Iga Fiatek versus Coco Goff. Ooh. Elena Rybakina versus Anj Jabur. Oh, wow. Jesse Pagula versus Maria Sakkari. Oh. And Arena Sabalenka versus Caroline Garcia, the French oh, wow. woman. She's the French's big hope, Caroline Garcia. So it's a, I'll be interested to see how she does. And then I've got a couple of projected roads to the final for you. So players mm -hmm. that if the seedings were to hold or whatever, should rankings hold, should mm -hmm. win. Uh, these be the matches. Uh, Iga's first round is against uh, Christina Buxa of uh, Spain. Then she'd have Claire Liu in the second round. Uh, Marie Buskova, she's been playing really well, so that'd be a tough third-round match. Barbara Krachikova in the fourth round for Iga, so the last two French Open champions could meet in the fourth round. Mm -hmm. We just hit Coco in the quarterfinals, and then she'd have a semifinal against Elena Rabakina. They have been, in all eight tournaments that they have played at the same tournament in this year, they have been in the same half of the draw. It's crazy. Yeah, it's going to happen when, when, they, when all three of them start climbing. And at one point, so it's gonna be, it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, but you a, have to, you have to remember that that before Australia, Rubakina wasn't a top ten player. Yeah, she was fifteen. Yeah, 
So it's, you know, it's, I a, know. Little, it's a little crazy how they no, ended up Adelia, the same side of no, the draw. No, but here's the thing, Adelia. We keep talking about that. It's because she didn't get her Wimbledon points. Yeah, she would have been she, she would have been a top ten player in Australia if she got those points. I think she would have like if they added the Wimbledon points, she would have been eighth, eighth, yeah. I think in the world. Yeah. But in the, in the tournament, she could have been seventh because you know sometimes people drop out and you got to reseed. You know you try to go. You know what I mean? So like it's kind of like that. So but it's gonna get to the point, Adelia, in the world, it's gonna get to the point where it's gonna be a trio of Iga. It's going to be Sviatek, Rabakina, Sabalenka. It's going to be those three in a variation of one, two, three, I think. Projection. I'm and going then, to look and see where um, Rabakina is ranked right now. Yeah. Because she has to be in the top five now, right? I would think she's in the top five by now if she's mm-hmm. not up that high already. Jesse's number three right now. I know that. Okay. Um, loading, loading, loading. Make sure it's on WTA. That would be helpful. There we go. Um, Rebecca is fourth. Fourth, see? She, she is less than um, 100 points behind uh, Jessica Gula in fourth. Mm-hmm. See? So, so, but who one and two is Arena and Ego, right? Yes. Yeah, so Ego is one, Arena is mm-hmm. two. Yes, yeah, so they're one and two. Yeah, Pugula at three. I think in the next coming months, probably in a year. She's going to drop to four. I mean, if Rabakina just has a run at Wimbledon, like Again. everybody's going to gain points at Wimbledon yeah. because nobody got any points last year. Mm-hmm. So if Rabakina can, you know, let's say defend her Wimbledon title, yeah, she'll jump sh- way higher. Than yeah, she could be two. Others. She, I Probably. think she might be able to be two. Yeah. It depends so like, on other results. Exactly. Yeah. So like, like I said, so like in the next coming years, it's going to be, a, it's going to be that trio. And whoever that fourth person is, you know, who's going to be their Andy Murray, basically. So it's, it's so. Well, it's I don't want somebody, I don't want somebody to, to just be known as their Andy Murray. I want somebody to step up and, and make it, make a, it a legit fourth. Yeah. Make it a, make it like a, like a four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, like, the, um, the, let the, me this, just, yeah. let me just tell you right now that if Elena Rabakina had her Wimbledon points, she, um, She's one. She would two? be in. Th- she would be in third, but third. only like seven hundred points behind Arena Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. Right now, Jesse Pagula is in third, uh, twenty five hundred points behind Arena Sabalenka. Yeah, so it would be a, it would be a, a smaller gap. There. It gotcha. would be. Gotcha. It would be a, a legitimate top three, big three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but then also, um, uh, Arena Sabalenka has a projected road to the final, right? Didn't yeah, Arena's got a tricky first round against Marta Koschuk. Uh, Marta has been one of the most outspoken Ukrainian players on the tour about not wanting to think that uh, Belarusian and oh, Russian players should be allowed to uh, this is gonna be good. To play. So now she's got a Belarusian in the first round <laughs> in Arena Stabalenka. This is going to be interesting. Kali um, <laughs> Vardy uh, in the second round. Uh, Zhang Shui in the third round. Karolina Pliskova would be her fourth round. Uh, Caroline Garcia in quarters, we said, and it's predicted semi against Jesse Pagula. Um, those would be some really good matches. And then we have on the male side, the projected road to the final for Carlos Acaraz is. Yeah. We, we don't know who Carlos's first round opponent is yet because qualifying is not over. Okay. Or if it is, I haven't seen the updated draw. So, um, so he'd get either a qualifier or a lucky loser, depending on how it worked out in the mm-hmm. first round. Um, he'll have. I, I couldn't decide if he'd get uh, Christopher O'Connell 
who's been playing very well this year, or Taro Daniel in the second round. That's he played very well in Indian Wells. Played very well in Indian Wells. He did. Uh, Shapovalov in the third round. Agree. Then either uh, Musetti or Nori in the fourth round, and then Sitsipas in the quarters, and Djokovic in the semis. Hmm. And speaking of Djokovic, he has kind of an easier route, I would say, maybe. Uh, Djokovic's projected road to the final is uh, Kovac- Kosevich. Kovacevic. I don't know who he is. Uh, Martin Fuksovic in the second round. Who uh, are Alejandro you people? Davidov- I know who Fuksovic is. He's, he's Hungarian. Uh, no. Alejandro Davidovich Fokina in the third round. Hubie Herkaj in the fourth round. Andre Rublev in the quarters. Um, dear God, please don't let that match happen. I don't want a Rublev Djokovic match again. <laughs> they're never, they're never great. And then Alcaraz in semis. Um, I could have done a projected road to the uh, other side of the draw, but let's be honest, the other half of the draw is much weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is stronger. And uh, if Alcaraz or Djokovic makes it to the final, whoever mm-hmm. would win that projected semifinal. I think would win the title. So the Djokovic Alcaraz semifinal is the final. I mean, in a way, yeah. Gotcha. Kind of like the kind of like the year Rafa won his first Roland Garros. He beat Fed in the semifinals, and then he beat Mariano Puerta, who ended up being suspended for doping um, in the final. Nobody remembers Mariano Puerta. It's true. Chad beat Mariano uh, Puerta. Uh. It, the the Fed Rafa semifinal turned into kind of be the final. Mm-hmm. Not that there wouldn't be a good matchup in the final, I think, for any of the guys on the lower half of the draw, but you just never know. You just never know. You just never, never know. know. All right, Adelia. I think we're about right, we're guys. about one thirteen, an hour thirteen in. Oh, before we wrap up, I want to bring this up because this right. cracked me up. Um, Fed was doing a Q and A on Twitter. Mm-hmm. With some fans, I love when he does it. We had a great question and answer. Um, Fed got the question from somebody uh, Nugget. I don't, I can't read the um, at sign. Share a funny story of the first time you've been mistaken for someone else. And Fed said it happened the other day at the Formula One. A guy asked, "Can I have a picture with you, Mister Nadal?" I told him I wasn't Mister Nadal. He apologized and left without taking a picture. <laughs> I saw this. I saw that. I, I saw that. That's just, that, that's just funny. Imagine, imagine being, imagine being mistaken for your sports rival best friend kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you yeah. not know? How do you not know? Like, do you think Rafa's me? Like, you know, like, like, do you think he's me and I'm him? Like, or like, do you just think we're both Rafa and Adolf? <laughs> like, I just like, thought that was great. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie to you. That has me dying. Uh, yeah. All right, Paris. Yeah. Um, looking forward to Roland Garros. Not sure how we're going to uh, do episodes during Roland Garros yet, or if we're just going to wait and do a wrap up at the end of it. Depends on how the coming fortnight goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll be back to talk more Roland Garros. Yes, uh, we are. And I am happy about it because I have time to watch now. More time. Yeah. I have all the time. Time, timey time. Shout out to Roland Garros. I can't wait for clay season. We're gonna get we're gonna get a new champion. Um, is this we the are beginning? A new champion on the men's side. 
is this the beginning of Wild Wild West at Roland Garros, or are we be, or is someone gonna become the new dominating force on clay? Because clay's a little different. Clay's a little different, you know. Uh, you, you you gotta you gotta play a certain way. You, you you can dominate a certain way. You know, same thing with with grass. Um, no one has dominated clay the way Rafa dominates clay. Like prior to Rafa, like there wasn't someone winning fourteen titles in twenty years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you know would 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 you know grass? You know you had Sampras with seven, and then you then got Roger with nine, and then then you have Djokovic with nine. So like you know dominating on 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 grass is kind of a thing you can see it same you know but on clay and on the women's side it's the wild wild west you don't know who's going you could get a repeat champion you could get somebody you don't even know like lena you know you're like wait like what what's going on right now barbara barboa kerchikova that doubles player just won roland garros what is that is it going to be the new norm in the in the men's side or is someone going to become rafa nadal not not become rafa nadal but like be that evil person that what that takes your dreams away of winning a clay court title, which is always beautiful to see him r ripping people's heart and hopes and dreams. Like it's the most Rude. wonderful time of the year, Ferris. Yep. All right, guys, I'm Ferris Madonna. You can find me at Ferris Madonna uh, here every Friday, three o'clock. Good friends, better rivals, and across the sports channel, we have a Let's Get Ready Network, the highlights, uh, as well as during Grand Slam season. Ain't Adelia. We're not experts. We never said we were. We're just no. a couple fans talking some tennis and learning some things. Yeah. Delia, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adelia Chambo. I mostly chat about sports right now. A lot of Denver Nuggets stuff happening because they're in the NBA Finals for the first time ever. Um, also, uh, host of Starting Eleven here on uh, Let's Get Ready Network, the highlights with my buddy Snark. We're doing our final episode of the season this coming Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific uh, with the Premier League season wrapping up this weekend. And uh, we also are the Snark and I are the hosts of Playoff Beards, our NHL Stanley Cup playoffs recap show. Uh, we'll have an episode for that coming soon because the conference finals will be over before you know it. Yep. All right, guys. Stay safe. And we'll see y'all next time. Well, we'll actually probably see you in a couple of days for Rolling Girls. Peace.